21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. What is a marketing funnel and how does it work? Yeah, so a marketing funnel, uh, it's kind of inter interchangeable with a sales funnel. And really every business, whether you're in, if you're in business, you already have a sales funnel. That's the one important thing to understand. It might not be the right sales funnel and it might not be an effective sales funnel. So we want to optimize around that. But a sales funnel is essentially just a series of steps that helps people be guided to the decision that they want to make anyway. That's one of the key dispositions is that we don't have to put a square peg in a round hole. We want to guide people's desires and leverage those desires into what are the things they already want to buy and then how do we deliver that to them? That's how you can create a zero resistance sale is by giving them what they already want. So a sales funnel uh, tends to take people, people have probably seen this image before, it starts at the very top and there's a large amount of traffic or people who see the very first offer. X amount of those people, let's say 100 people come in uh, and click on a certain landing page that has an opt-in form to join, uh, to maybe get a free guide or a, a blueprint or a cheat sheet or some type of digital gift in exchange for an opt-in. That's, uh, that's an opt-in uh, step on the funnel. About, you know, uh, 30 to 50% of people will land on the page and say, yes, I want that thing. The other people self-filter, uh, so they leave the page and don't take action. Great, so we've just eliminated half the people who don't want to do business with us. From there, we'll probably send them to a sales page that can help them use the free tool they just got or um, can help to complement it or, or it could be services, it could be a course, could be a physical products. For example, I'm, I'm helping a, a brand right now. They sell uh, targets like metal targets and paper targets for, for uh, I think both for guns and for archery. And so essentially they've got one bundle that they put at the very front uh, for a really irresistible price. It's the first starting point of the funnel. And then from there, it pushes them over to additional products and services like extra targets or extra uh, paper targets, or here's this uh, this scope that would really help you out, right? And so we're, we're adding these individual items that complement a person's desire and help them to get everything that, that they need. So as people opt in, they might come to a sales page, maybe only one to 10% of people will buy but the rest of the 90% of the people who did opt in, you get to follow up with, right? So you've got the ability to, to, to generate leads, to eliminate tire kickers, which, which will be about half of them. And that's good news. We want to we filter people out, not necessarily get the most amount of people through the funnel, right? We want to have them self-filter. And every step is a new filter. So that's an, another golden nugget. If you want fewer buyers or more higher intent buyers, add steps. If you want just mass buyers or mass lead flow, cut back on the steps and the filters. So as people come through our funnel and they're starting to make these decisions, people will start at the very top and you know maybe 1% of them will go all the way through the stack. But that single buyer, that one out of 100 who goes all the way through and buys everything um, becomes your very best customers, repeat customers, raving fans. And those are the people that make the entire sales funnel worth it, right? So um, it, again, target 
uh, Walmart, any supermarket that you're in is a sales funnel. I love Target. It's one of my favorite examples. They, they, you walk in and there's probably a Starbucks there on the side. So they want you to get all warm and cozy and, and comfortable. And so you just spent a bunch of money. It primes your senses towards spending. Then, then they have those dollar items, the cheapy items right up front. It continues to prime your spending if you didn't get coffee. Uh, and then they immediately move you into the primary highest profit margin products, which is women's apparel. In almost every store, this is how they lay it out. Then they move you over to men's apparel, another very high profit margin product. Then the back end high ticket products, the kayaks, the luggage, the televisions, the computers. So we're ramping up with things that people might need from a price uh, uh, ascension perspective. And then it ultimately leads at the end at the milk and the cheese, the stuff they don't make any money on at all. But that might've been the reason that you came in in the first place. So they almost never dump you, almost never dump you right into the grocery section. Walmart does a little more often, but some of the smartest stores will always put the loss leaders kind of further back. So you have to traverse through their store to get through. So again, to wrap, to wrap up that concept, everyone's got a sales funnel, whether you're getting referrals, whether you're doing social media, paid advertising, any of those things, that process to move people from, from desire to fulfilled desire is a sales funnel. So you say target Walmart. What about if you're a coach, if you're a consultant? Yeah. So selling your information, it's one of my favorite business models. Profit margins can be through the roof. It's it can be very scalable, uh, especially if you start. Uh, I always suggest most people selling their advice or expertise. You always start one to one so that you're going to get uh, you know get some re results for people, help to kind of get the marbles out of your mouth and kind of to work through that process to improve it. Then you can go one to many, which helps you to multiply your effect to kind of a one to many group coaching program, or some type of community style aspect where. You get to leverage numbers on your side, right? Um, from there, you can do many to many, which is you can hire on people underneath you to help build leverage to fulfill for each of your individual clients. That's why I love that that prop, that uh, business model so much. Um, but for most people who are in the service-based industry, you're not necessarily selling front-end products to get people into your world. The best way, full stop, I, I bet my left arm on it, the best way to uh, enroll clients, especially high ticket clients is through a one-on-one -on -one phone call. All the rage right now is all about like DMS and you just message people and try to sell them over DMS. And I think that while that may work in certain cases, especially if you're a big brand, you're really well known, there's very little resistance. That's because you've already established a relationship, right? But if you're cold to someone, the best way is to get on a one-on-one -on -one conversation, ask questions 80% of the time to understand their current situation, where they at, where they want to go and to push them um, or guide them really into solving that problem for them or with them. <clears throat> and so as far as the sales funnel is concerned, all we want to do is essentially reverse architect. So what's the last step that we want? Well, we want someone to pay us for our services. We want them to enroll. The step behind that is we need them to book a sales call. Okay, great. So we know we're in a call booking funnel. What do we do to get people to book a call? Well, very often it makes sense to have a short explainer video or a video sales letter that's going to say who you are, what you do, and how you help people, and then a call to action to book the call. Before that, you may or may not have an opt-in page, but there you go. You just built your entire funnel. Opt-in, video sales letter, call booking page, and maybe a thank you, right? Or a next steps page. Um, and you know, I find that in almost all businesses, a lot of people think that they mistake a funnel for a business. So 
your, your funnel is not your business. Your funnel is an amplifier of your business, of who you are already. So um, some people think that, hey, I need to have lots of funnels for lots of different things. My perspective, honestly, is that you'll be more successful with less than you would with more. If you optimize around one funnel, maybe even one core offer <clears throat> in one specific traffic source, you're going to have far more leverage to optimize around fewer things than having 50 funnels that you're hoping are going to produce results for you, right? So <clears throat> it's kind of like getting married. It's like, is it is it better to have 50 very fast relationships or to go deep, right, into one thing and optimize around that that one variable? So yeah, for, for uh, consultants and coaches, I always recommend a high ticket call booking funnel for sure. As I can see, there are a lot of features on your platform. So as a drop funnels user, how will I benefit? Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, we're probably one of the smaller softwares in the space. We launched about two and a half years ago. Um, but the biggest differentiator is drop funnels is actually built on the WordPress infrastructure. So it's not old school, traditional WordPress where you have to get servers and hosting and plugins and themes. All of that is built in and ready to go. In 30 seconds, your stuff is up and, and moving. You never update it. You never code. You never need to worry about any of the technical aspects. So for non-technical entrepreneurs, it's a, it's a dream. Um, but because it's on WordPress and WordPress powers 34% of the internet, of the entire internet, right? And it's one of the primary ranking factors in Google. Um, you can now build your websites, your sales funnels, your digital courses, uh, membership sites, your sales pipelines, um, all of those things, you know, blogs uh, as well. And because you're built on a WordPress infrastructure, you're already leaps ahead of any other competitor that's not built on a WordPress infrastructure. So you can rank higher. Your pages tend to load a lot faster um, because, you know, we know sales love speed, right? So um, <clears throat> Amazon did a great experiment. They did uh, almost every brand has done similar experiments where Amazon specifically found that for every 100 milliseconds of latency of, of like lag time for a page to load, they could actually lose $10 million in a day just based on those, on that slowness of the, of the page load being slow. So really speed matters, especially when it comes to sales pages and getting things to load, especially on mobile. So drop funnels tends to load a lot faster than many of the other uh, slower platforms. You can rank higher. Um, and frankly, for me, the reason I built it was because I was duct taping all these tools together. I was on, you know, Kajabi, ClickFunnels, old school WordPress, Wix, all these things. And I was like, man, I, this is hanging on by a thread and I'm spending 1500 bucks a month on software subscriptions. Like how can I just make this easier and better and faster and more sustainable? So I built drop funnels to eliminate all of those tools and to say, all right, you can build virtually any business, especially info marketing businesses, service-based businesses, digital courses um, in one spot and eliminate all those other hard costs and see additional benefit on on both uh, conversions from, from site speed, but also organic ranking in Google. There's a lot of uh, hidden unknowns about the SEO algorithm in order to get ranked, right? Um, so there's a lot that we don't know, but what we do know is that infrastructure matters, speed matters, content matters, and backlinks matter. So those four things are the primary motivators for Google to rank you. If you're already ranked uh, fa fairly high on another infrastructure, 
um, you've already got domain reputation kind of built in. So if you were to move that domain, say over to drop funnels and you wanted to migrate, you would actually only see benefit, really. You'd only move up from there. Um, primarily because you already have the backlinks. And so the domain is staying the same, just the location where it's hosted is a little bit different. Um, but for, uh, for people who are just starting out, I always say, pick the strongest infrastructure that you can, because it's just going to catapult you. It accelerates you at such a fast rate that <clears throat> you might spend, uh, three years trying to get ranked with your sales funnel and try to get organic traffic, um, on another infrastructure. But if you're in something as powerful as WordPress, it can happen in weeks. A great example. I have a friend who is a, a really well-known, very integrous uh, entrepreneur. And she's, if I were to name her, most people would know who she is. She had some great offers out there, but she had one mad client. She had, you know, all of us are going to have bad clients at one point in time or another, but this one person decided to really ream into her. And so they launched, she happened to be on ClickFunnels at the time. And, and, uh, this person who wanted to complain launched a WordPress site and outranked her in under a week. So a negative review was outranking something that had been established for that long. And it's just because of the infrastructure, right? And so that's, that's the power. I would never want to, I don't want that to happen to anybody. It's a horrible thing, but it's just the, it's the matter of having a jetpack or just, you know, riding a bicycle, which, which battle armor do you want to use? I suppose the platform is the reason why you have so so many features like courses, for example, as well, blogs, video hosting, link tracking. So it's a lot more than just a funnel. A lot more. Yeah. I mean, most people focus on funnels because it's, it's going to help you to generate more revenue, create more leads and those types of things. But the whole ecosystem really plays together almost like a really is an ecosystem it, it your website should link into your funnels so it's kind of like a a hub they come in and they can get over to your sales pages your blog should help amplify your organic content if you decide to blog um, and all of the leads that come through your sales funnels can be pushed into sales pipelines you can automatically sms or email back and forth with them um, uh, there's kind of some auto response type of features inside so actually a lot a lot of what we've done is very custom coded um, but just because the code base, the infrastructure itself is so clean, it's a great kicking off point. But yeah, I, I, I designed the, uh, the funnels, the digital courses, pipelines, all of that from scratch, because I realized no infrastructure exists to, to, to bring these two worlds together of direct response marketing and kind of the more traditional, but very powerful infrastructure. So bringing those together is the magic. For a lot of entrepreneurs, it will be huge benefit for being able to create course online course as well yes not just coaches but entrepreneurs per se it's it's a trend it's one of trends yeah so anytime you want to create a membership site or a digital course you've got you've got two options right there there some of the other platforms for me at least was very rigid and templated and i can never make it look like i wanted it to whereas in in drop funnels i built it in a way that of course, there's a learning curve. Like you'll probably want to know what design and how to how to create that, right? And then there's templates and all those types of things. But when you embrace that, you have pixel perfect design on exactly what your menu looks like, exactly what the flow looks like, tracking your users through a, a process. 
we have gamification built in. So if someone finishes one of your courses or lessons, you can send them off an email, give them a badge or a certificate or something. So it was really my um, my response to feeling so locked in to systems that maybe I could get it up and running, you know, pretty quickly, but didn't give me the flexibility to create the experience I wanted for my customers. So I couldn't architect that customer journey. But now it's uh, virtually anything that you want to to create. You can create if you can imagine it. You can build it. What trends have emerged uh, in the meantime in the world of uh, marketing funnels? Yeah. So over over the um, you know sales funnels have been around for a hundred years, right? So like that concept will always stay consistent. It, it'll always be around because it's a it's not a tactic or like a strategy. It's a process. It'll always be in place. Um, but how we go to market and and how we guide people through that process is changing. What we're finding is that especially with the advent of reels and TikTok and short form content, that attention spans are starting to dwindle, meaning that anymore, you probably can't have a 50 step sales funnel that someone has to go through to get to you. They're going to lose their attention in, in the first couple steps. So uh, what I'm finding is the people uh, winning and doing really well, it's it's the the rule called speed to lead, meaning that when people come in and they opt in, you need to be in touch with them either manually or automatic or get them on the phone or text them or just get in contact within 10 minutes. That's the mad. It cannot be more than 10 minutes, period, because our attention spans are dwindling so much. So anytime you want to follow up with anyone, anytime you generate a lead, period, if you wait a day, you just lost that lead. Straight up, I'll be that brash about it. You can say that I've, I've, if you're spending on ads to push traffic to your funnels and you wait a day to follow up with people, even a day, you're saying, okay, I don't care about that customer or that lead or, or that advertising spend. I'm saying it's, it's dead to me that you can effectively say that it has to be within uh, just a matter of moments because they're in that vibe of, of, it's almost like when you're going on a water slide, you get the excitement of, being up top there and you're looking down and there's everything going. And once, you know, once they decide to go down, down the slide, you're like the, the energy changes. So energy change, energies change between different steps of your marketing process. Um, so speed to lead means a couple things. One, follow up very quickly, 10 minutes, get them on the, on the phone, text them, email them, whatever it takes. Facebook message, doesn't matter. 10 minutes. Uh, two is if you are doing call bookings, you're trying to get people on a call to enroll them in your services, you need to have no more than three days available on your calendar. Don't let them book seven days, 14 days a month out because they're going to lose, they're going to lose interest. They're going to lose attention. Um, or even the intent could change. They could be shopping around a couple different offers and you're one of those being considered. Whoever gets to them first has the the very highest likelihood of, uh, of, of acquiring that customer. So no more than three days, um, if you can, even if someone books out, say today's Monday and they booked out on Friday, say, Hey, I've actually got an opening tomorrow at two or four, which are, which of those works for you rebook them sooner to get them in their, in, in their world. Another great, uh, little tactic is whenever someone interacts with you in some way, and there's something coming, an event coming in the future, whether it's a call booking, uh, whether it's a live challenge you're doing, whether they're joining a Facebook group, give them something to do, give them almost like an assignment or something for them to be working on between now and then. And it keeps them top of mind. One of my favorite examples is, Hey, uh, we, I saw that we have our call coming up tomorrow at, at two o'clock. 
I've got a couple gifts um, that you can you can pick from, whichever one's going to work best for you. I've got this digital course on this, or I've got this swag pack with a t-shirt or, or whatever. Which one of those would you like, right? And so like that gets people excited, like, oh, there's something to look forward to in this call. And, um, you know, it you have to gauge whether or not that's going to work for you and your brand voice and your general market disposition. Um, but in in the human psychology stays the same, that that if people are looking forward to taking a specific action, they will take that specific action. So if you want to do that, you want them to take that step, incentivize them to do what you want them to. Jordan, it seems like a very big platform with a huge know-how. What strategies have been most effective uh, from your perspective as a founder, as an entrepreneur in growing your business? Yeah, so I I think probably selling software, especially at a low ticket recur, uh, using the low ticket recur model often, you know, we're using, you can get a free trial and then if you love it, you get to activate and, and continue on as a customer. Um, but for us, it's probably the hardest way to run a business. Um, running anything low ticket, whether you're selling front end products or low ticket courses, anything under generally 500 bucks is what I consider a low ticket offer. Um, it's, it's just so difficult to scale an organization because you need so many people to build up enough revenue to, to ultimately uh, create profit margins and growth, right? And to reinvest back into the business. So uh, the probably the biggest lesson I've learned is never to depend on low ticket offers to sustain you. A low ticket offer, whether it's recurring or a fixed price, anything under 500 bucks, um, you should never count on that to be your, your sole revenue or profit center. You always need something on the back end, right? So uh, for us, we do some trainings, we have uh, some coaching options, we build funnels for people if they don't have time to do it. But those, after you've already acquired the customer on the front end, so for example, here's some of our actual numbers. When I advertise, and we're in a very red ocean market, there's a lot of competition in our particular space. Um, and I know that their numbers are actually a lot higher, but we can acquire a trial user for between 100 and 200 bucks. Um, and we tend to get about 50% of people who will activate from the free trial. So it costs us $400 to get someone to become a customer and our base plan starts at 97 bucks. It doesn't make sense unless they stay long-term and they're very happy. So that's where I always recommend for anyone who's doing low ticket or recurring subscriptions, um, unless you're going to go uh, get funded by a VC firm or venture capital or or, or whatever, you're going to get an influx of cash where you can just burn all day for customer acquisition and be willing to spend $1,000, $2,000 for a customer. Unless you're going to do that, you need to add uh, back-end profit centers, services, uh, higher ticket ongoing um, contracts and things that can help because it's 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 extremely high profit margin on the back end and the front end is only intended to get people into your world. So uh, two different examples of this. If you're going to go funded, you're going to be like Spotify, right? Or Facebook, right? Where they, they have so much money from billionaires who are saying, hey, if there's an eventual exit, we're really going to win with this or get distributions. 
I'm going to dump a ton of money into that. Go get you users even at a loss. Right now, Airbnb isn't even profitable. Uber isn't profitable because of this type of model. The goal is not necessarily uh, profitability. It's building an empire. They want to they want to completely take a monopoly on the market share. But it's a big model, right? You need a, a lot of money, a lot of... So, so not all entrepreneur, entrepreneurs want to do that. The the path for, uh, for, for those who like to bootstrap, and I bootstrapped uh, Drop Funnels, I actually started for under $20,000 and we've created a multi seven figure brand in just about two and a half years. Um, but it's, it's primarily because we, we understand the economics have to work out that low ticket subscription is fine, but your profit is going to be when you can go deeper with clients over a longer period of time, instead of just depending on low ticket options. What about you? Any specific mindset, any specific daily routine? It seems like you have <laughs> a lot of things going on on a daily basis. Yeah, actually, I've got uh, three kids, one on the way. And uh, so it's it's a very busy life. Um, you know, I, I have a very different dis, uh, disposition and mindset than most entrepreneurs. Um And it's not really a popular one. Kind of the traditional entrepreneur mindset is like this hustle culture type of vibe, like go get it, like super alpha male. It's pumping the gym at three in the morning and then go. Like just pound sales calls for 16 hours. And, and, and that kind of vibe has just never aligned with my lifestyle. It's not something I want to do is especially being so aggressive and alpha for me just is not it's just not a lifestyle uh, fit so for me um, i'd much rather be able to push my kids on the swing anytime that they want than to make an extra thousand dollars today or whatever it is that's just me it's a decision i've made so even at the expense of being ultra successful i'm not going to sacrifice my family to do it So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wake up, I don't start work until maybe nine, sometimes 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, before that it's all family time. I'll work until maybe three or four on a longer day and then more family time or friends or, or church or whatever other activities are there. But, um, for me, I, I heard this phrase from, from someone who did some study or something, but that most people when they're on their deathbed they they don't wish that they had more money or were more successful they wish that they had spent more time with the people that matter to them and so i decided i never want to be living in a life or a world of regret ever i never want to i never want to regret the decisions that i'm making and you have to make those decisions now you have to decide a what matters to you and b how do you prioritize what matters to you and build a business around you to facilitate what it is that you want instead of sacrificing your joys and passions and pleasures and family and relationships, the things that I think really matter just for a business. I mean, business will come and go. Making money can be actually pretty simple when you break it down to its individual components. Um, but you know, I, I think a lot of people and more power to them. If you want to get out there, crush, go make a billion dollar, 10 million, $50 billion brand. Great. Go for it. 
uh, and, and run it for me. I've, I've just never felt like that's something I need to do. And on my, on my deathbed, I'll know that my family's taken care of and that they had me at the best years of my life. How has winning awards for your films impacted your life and career? Wow, I've never been asked that question. So I owned a video production company before Drop Funnels, and I was making uh, commercials for some Fortune 100 brands like uh, GE, 3M, Sony, Verizon. Um, and those got spread all over, at the time, satellite and cable. And so it was very cool to create that. But um, and I won some awards for some various uh, film projects that that I created, and that, and that was very it was very cool. But I think I learned two lessons: when you win an award, you realize how bittersweet it is. When you don't have it, you want it, and once you have it, you don't care about it. So once you once you win the award, like you're pushing so hard to get that because you feel like there's like you're going to change your identity is going to be different on the other side. It's just often uh, not the case when it comes to fruition. Um, and so I think it's good, awards are good for publicity and maybe ego, but not much else. You, you don't become instantly successful because you win an award. It's just a very tiny step, a tiny, an inch high stepping stone um, towards kind of confirming a win for you, right? That other people are confirming that uh, you've done well. And, you know, when people win like the the Inc. 100 or Inc. 500 or 5,000 awards or whatever, um, and, and they're they're basing that on growth, I mean, it's, it's two things. It's ego and publicity. It's those two things that it's like, wow, we did it, but no one keeps those things quiet, right? It's always in every ad that they create. It's always, you know, it's, it's to get more customers to believe that they are, uh, suitable, that they are well, uh, you know, well experienced. And those are all valuable things. So I always say, if you can win awards, great, but don't stake your identity or reputation on it. Um, because ultimately it's just a very small marker of your accomplishments. Where are you in five years? So Jordan in five years and drop funnels in, in, in five years. Boy, that is that is tough. I often uh, only take things week to week. I, I don't often think five or ten years out. Um, I would say within, uh, I, I think technology is going to radically change over the next uh, period of time. We're seeing right now, artificial intelligence is exploding. I, I I think that frankly, every platform, including mine, is going to be obsolete in five years because of artificial intelligence. I think there's a lifespan on it and whoever can capitalize on leveraging artificial intelligence in my world, it would be through either design or funnels or marketing and those types of things where you can let a robot who knows a hundred billion data points every second and is making those decisions. It's going to give you so much leverage. So I think in five years, whether we go that route or I go that route, um, I think it's very much the future and we're about to see change like nobody can expect or has uh, has ever experienced like it, it's like hold on and buckle up buckle up tight because the next even the next year is going to be insane there's going to be such radical change every platform is going to have to adopt i don't care if you're 
Facebook or Twitter or social stuff, whether you're an advertiser, whether you have sales funnels or no matter what you're doing, your entire life is going to change and become both simpler, faster, but it's going to be very, a huge challenge for us as brands to start to leverage into what's the next phase. So I think artificial intelligence is the next one. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.